you're wondering what I oops did again, I oops made the podcast all about me again because um, I decided to do another ask me anything because I get so many weird questions and so many, you know, there's just so much curiosity surrounding me for absolutely no reason. Um, but I decided that I am going to answer some, not all, but some of the questions. So, oops, I did it again. I made it about me because I'm so freaking self-centered. Welcome to episode 37 of This Blonde Can Talk About Anything. And I really can't. I really can talk about anything. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) So before we get started, I have to say congratulations to my Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are on to um, round two of the playoffs. And I'm pretty sure they're going to the Super Bowl and I'm pretty sure they're going to win it. So I'm not going to waste too much time talking about it because you already know what I know, right? You know what I know. Um, <laughs> also I want to say shout out to, um, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Kiwi for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I'm not really a fan of, but, um, I do have a lot of respect for what he's done with his career. And, um, I'm sad that he retired because watching those retirement videos is causing me to prematurely live Tom Brady's retirement, which is coming. Like the man's 44 years old is closer to his retirement than he is to his closer to his retirement than he is to his rookie season, (laughs) but he's playing like, like crazy. Like this is the best season he's had in several years. So, I mean, I think he still has, you know, two or three or four or 45, I wish seasons left in him. So I'm looking forward to more Tom Brady football, but now I'm going to move on to answering questions from you guys. Um, Some of them are really, you know, creative and interesting, and some of them are just kind of silly. So first question, someone asked, when did you start acting? And the long and the short of it is that I don't really know. I think I I was, you know, I... (laughs) professionally, you know, I was maybe like, I don't, I don't want to say like 20. Oh, I want to say 20, but you know, I did high school stuff, but really I was acting as a small child. Like I was a method actress by the time I was two years old, when I went to, you know, kindergarten to three, almost four, three years old. And I really believed that I was uh, Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. And I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but yeah, I really believed it like so much, like it was so real to me. So I think the, the, the true, the truest answer that I can give you is that I've always been an actor. I think you're sort of born what you are. If that makes any sense at all, you're, you're sort of born who you are, what you are. And I've always just been you know, I've been an actor and entertainer and absolutely I love doing it. It's, it's my favorite thing to do. It's yeah. I mean, that's, I don't really know what else to say on that, so, but that was a really, it's a good question. And uh, the answer is, and I, yeah, I was born acting. It just came out and I was like, give me my Academy Award, which by the way, I still, still don't have one, but I know the day will come. <laughs> All right. So the next question is, what is something you do every morning to motivate yourself to carry on with the day? Oh boy. That's a good question too. 
Um, I don't know if there's something that I do every morning necessarily. Some mornings I just uh, put the pillow over my head and I'm like, no, I'm going to bed. I'm tired. I don't want to face the day. I don't care about the day because <laughs> I'm human. But, um, um, you know, I like to listen to Tom Brady videos, like motivational videos of his, especially the one that's literally called Tom Brady, let's go compilation. And I'm not going to play it for you because I don't want to give you a headache, but you can Google it. And it's just Tom Brady yelling, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it like sort of kind of wakes, wakes me up a little bit. And I also listen to a lot of, um, my friend, John likes to send me like, uh, motiversity videos and stuff. So that, that keeps me going. It's, you know, a constant reminder that just because what you want to happen is not happening today doesn't mean that tomorrow it's not going to happen or the next day it's not going to happen. Or if the day after that, it's not going to happen. It's just a constant every day. I wake up with the mentality that if it's not going to happen today, um, it might happen tomorrow. Um, so another question is celebrity encounter. Um, you were most surprised by, um, I mean, in episode seven of this podcast, I told the story of when Quentin Tarantino pulled me over in his in his car, like literally pulled the car over on the side of the road. So I highly recommend listening to episode seven because that will give you like a solid 30 minutes of what that was like. And that was a really surprising celebrity encounter in the sense that, um, I just didn't expect it. Like nobody expects that to be pulled over on the side of the road in California in like now that happened like back in the day. It doesn't happen now. Um, who else? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Um, who else was a surprise? I mean, Shia LaBeouf was like way nicer than I thought he was going to be. We met at, um, the, the premiere for honey boy. And we just started talking about, you know, how much that movie needed to be made, and, you know, I was there to support, of course, my like bestie, Lucas Hedges. Um, but I got to talk to Shia, who wrote it and played his own father. And I was surprised by how kind he was and how down to earth he was and how nothing like the media portrays him he was. So I guess between Quentin Tarantino, Tina, excuse me, Quentin Tarantino and Shia LaBeouf, um, best audition story. Um, <laughs> well, when I first started auditioning, I got sent to, um, audition for a commercial and they wanted me to play a 40 year old. And I was like a teenager. <laughs> so when I got there, they basically were like, um, yeah, just go home. And then five minutes later, they're like, can you play a Hooters waitress? And I was like, yeah, like I can play anything. I'm an expert. I, I didn't book that job. Um, another like really awful audition story. It's not a best audition story. It's an awful audition story. Um, I was in the elevator with someone I was going up to the audition and I was like, wow, I was talking about the building must be old. And the man was like, you know, I've been working in here since this building, you know, since they built it. And I was like, wow, you must be really old. Um, and he was the casting director. So I didn't get that job. <laughs> Wow. Um, favorite thing about what I do. Um, you know what? My favorite thing about what I do is that I've seen it, you know, I've watched so many films and, and television shows and I've seen what it did for me. Like when I was in depression, sometimes the only friend I had was, you know, Robert De Niro. And I would just sit there with my Robert De Niro movies and they would get me through the day. 
um, you know, I had a friend pass away and my mom's like immediate instinct was like, okay, we need to get her into a movie. And we went to see grownups too. And it was Adam Sandler. And for those two hours, I was laughing and I, and I sort of forgot that, um, that, that I was in pain. And I think that that's what I love the most about what I do is that you have the ability to make somebody feel better or sometimes worse. Sometimes I've watched movies and cried. Um, but the whole point of it is, is you're getting emotions out. You're making people feel things that they don't necessarily want to feel, but they do. And that's the most, that's the most beautiful thing I think about film. Um, there's a film, I love this film. It, the critics didn't love it, but I loved it. And it's called Love the Coopers. Um, and John Goodman stars as a grandpa and he has a granddaughter. She's, you know, wearing Ruby slippers and she's dancing on his feet. And for that, it's like a 30 second scene, but John Goodman looks so much like my own grandpa that watching that scene um, was like watching real life. So for 30 seconds on screen, two actors um, brought back my life or brought my life to the screen and brought back a memory that I treasure so much. And that's the beautiful thing about about acting is that you're bringing to life something that you may not know is touching someone in a certain way. And I don't even know if I'm saying this right, because I really just, I love everything about it. And especially the emotional component. That's, that's definitely my favorite, um, my favorite onset memory. Um, that's hard too. <laughs> I think my favorite onset memory is this is not even like a good onset memory. It's like, I was doing this music video for like, I think we did we it for 14 hours, the same song over and over again. And you kind of want to blow your brains out at this point. And I was in heels and my grandma always told me that a lady does not take her heels off. But after 14 hours, your friggin' feet are sort of kind of hurting, you know, but I'm a lady. So I don't take my shoes off. I don't take my shoes off ever. <laughs> and, um, they just, they were kind of filming around me and I just kind of got annoyed and I was like, you know what? And I just kind of sat on the floor and I took my shoes off and, and it didn't seem to bother them. Cause at this point they didn't really need me anymore. So I was just kind of there. So that was a, there was a favorite horrible onset memory. <laughs> I think the best part about being inside is just that you make friends. I've made friends that were like lifelong friends. And those are my favorite memories. And what I learned from you know, the writers and the, the directors, it's what I learned from them. Those are my favorite memories. And that applies to like anything I work on, but yeah, that shoe memory is definitely sticking in my head for a reason. So it must be my favorite. And I just don't know it. (laughs) Um, who is someone who is up and coming that you are excited to see their career progress. Okay. The answer to this question is Lucas Hedges. Um, (laughs) he's already been, you know, Oscar nominated, and he's won, um, I think it was a SAG award like seven or eight years ago. And I've been telling Lucas for a long time that I think he's the next Marlon Brando. And I really mean that he's just so fantastic. And I wouldn't say he's necessarily up and coming in the sense that he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in uh, like Lady Bird and uh, Manchester by the Sea for which he was Oscar nominated and um, all these different things. He's currently in a film called uh, Shirley. Like he's just been in a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of people who don't really know who he is. When I say the name, you know, Lucas Hedges, they're like, who's that? So I'm hoping that uh, Lucas Hedges will be a name that everybody will know soon because he is the next Marlon Brando. 
I mean, besides me, I'm the next, you know, Marlon Brando as a female, but Lucas can really act. So if you are not familiar with his work and you want to get familiar with his work, send me a direct message on my Twitter. Um, it's at a blonde who talks a B L O N D E W H O T A L K S. Um, and I will shoot you a recommendation. Lucas has been in the business for years, like since he was a kid, but it's just taken him a little bit longer than some other people to, um, for people to recognize his name, you'll recognize his face. You just won't recognize his name, which is kind of unfortunate, but yeah. <laughs> um, what's the most useless talent that you have? Oh, geez. I don't know. Probably being able to keep my high heel shoes on for 14 hours. <laughs> is that a talent? I don't know. Um, I can belch on command. I'm not going to do it, but I could. Is that a talent? Probably not. I don't know. I don't think I have any useless talents. I can put my uh, foot behind my head. <laughs> Does that count? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. What is the dumbest way you've been injured? Oh, that's a good one. So I dislocated my kneecap. Um, trying to firm up my butt like a few years back. And I did this um, <laughs> using um, a Kim Kardashian workout fitness, whatever DVD. And I have no idea. I did like some kind of weird lunge squat at the same time. And the next thing you know, I'm on the ground. My knee is like, my kneecap is on the side of my leg. I'm screaming for someone to call 911. No one calls 911, by the way, because it, <clears throat> what is wrong with my voice today? Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, no one, no one called 911 because it kind of slid back into place on its own. But then the next day, my knee was like the size of a small watermelon. So I had to go to the hospital. And then I cried for, I don't know, the whole summer because I thought that I was never going to walk in heels again, which is a fucking travesty if you're me. I had to go in a wheelchair and I had this really awful brace on. And I was so afraid that my kneecap was going to come out again that I even wore it when I was sleeping. So yeah, that was the stupidest way that I got injured. I never forgot it. It's still like burned in my mind. Anytime I see Kim Kardashian's butt, I am like, I think I have PTSD from that injury. Honest to God. <laughs> what are my goals for 2022? Um, my goals for 2022 are to keep up my, um, my health and, and fitness routine. You know, I'm doing this whole TB12 stuff, which I love by the way, just like I'm eating better. Um, I'm working out, I'm losing weight. My pants don't fit. It feels really nice. And, um, I feel really good about myself. So there's that. Um, my goal is also to become a eighth time, um, armchair quarterback winning Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, maybe, you know, book a couple more really great jobs and maybe just, you know, be an all around good person. I think that's my goal, um, for the year until we get out of this pandemic. It's really hard to set goals because you set a goal and then the pandemic's like, hold on a minute. We can't do that right now. I don't know if the pandemic would talk like that if it, if it had a voice, but, um, it might. And so, yeah. Um, what is my dream acting role? My dream acting role would be to play Christina Aguilera in a biopic of Christina Aguilera. I mean, if you know me, then you know that I modeled my entire look on her. I, I mean, I saw her when I was young and I was like, that's what I want to be. I want to be like that. She's pretty. She's smart. She's talented. She's classy. She's 
she's like a Marilyn Monroe. She's a classic. I love her. So my dream role would be to play her in a biopic or (laughs) if I could grow legs, this will never happen. If I could grow legs and become taller and become like a size zero, I'd love to play Giselle Bunchin, Bunchton, Giselle. I'd love to play Giselle in the biopic of Tom Brady's life. <laughs> that, that was a joke. Um, yeah, Christina Aguilar, a hundred percent. What was my high school experience like? Oh my God, I was such a nerd. I was like, first of all, I hardly ever went to school because I was sick. Um, I had like at uh, 17, I had um, lymphoma. So I missed a lot of school, but I was on the honor roll despite not being at school. I would write essays for fun. I had like a small group of friends who was all a bunch of nerds. I dressed like I was 45. I was just the most uncool person <laughs> ever. But I did have, um, you know, this great friend called Bobby. <laughs> who was like the love of my life at the time. And he thought I was really cool. So I didn't really care about the rest of that stuff. I was just a nerdy kid who was on the students council who just, I mean, I didn't do anything bad in high school just because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't party and do anything because my grandpa and my grandma always drilled it in my head that if they, they died, which they did long before I went to high school, um, that they would see it. And I was like, Oh no, like I didn't ever want them to see me doing anything bad. So I just didn't do it. So I was a big nerd, but other than that, you know, I was a teacher's pet. (laughs) I was a huge teacher's pet. And I mean, I graduated on a roll and that's all I'm proud of that. Um, but I am also proud that like a few days after I graduated, I was like, well, everything I learned was useless because I'm going to be a fucking actress. And I ripped up my high school diploma. So yeah, that was my high school experience. Uh, what is one piece of advice that you would give yourself when you were just starting out in acting? Oh, wow. Um, relax. <laughs> I remember when I first went to an acting class, I did this scene and the acting teacher said, are you breathing? Cause I was really holding my breath. Like I just wanted to be really good. And I was just like, so stressed out about it. And I was stressed out about, oh, are people going to notice that I have a tooth that's like, you know, slightly off? Oh, do I have wrinkles? Oh, do I look old? Do I look fat? Like all these things. And I was just really hard on myself. And I still am. I always will be because I'm (sighs) fucking perfectionist guys. But I think I would just tell myself to be myself because I think for a long time, I was terrified of being myself for fear of what other people would think of that. But today I'm not, I'm not scared of that. You know, I'm loud. I'm, and I'm okay with that. I'm super blonde because I want to be, I I am who I am and I don't make apologies for it anymore. Um, And I did when I first started acting, I, you know, I had acting teachers who would say things to me like, I don't like your hair. And I didn't understand that they were just angry and bitter with their own lives and that my hair had absolutely nothing to do with my ability to act, but I was, I so wanted to please them and it was just awful. So I, yeah, I would just tell myself to be myself and relax a little bit more and not worry so much about what people are thinking because like 90, 90% of the time they're not even thinking about me. So it's all good. Um, who was my biggest inspiration when I decided to start the podcast? Honestly, um, 
Simon had been telling me to do a podcast for like years because he thought I had all so much personality and I don't think I'm that interesting, but I was like, you know what? It's COVID. There's absolutely nothing going on. I'm bored. Um, I'm just going to do this podcast. Uh, (laughs) So I just, I bought this really horrible microphone on um, what's it called? Amazon. And um, I, (laughs) I did a podcast on um, the NFC championship game. And then I just kept doing it because it's funny and people kept listening and the listenership grew. So I started booking guests. And my first person that I asked to come on was Tom Bergeron. And he was immediately like, yeah, of course. So that was really fun to have somebody who was instantly like, yeah, I want to help you out. And, And our chat was horrible. I talked over him the whole time. But, but, um, he'll be back on the show. Um, of course not right now, you know, he's, he just lost his, uh, his best friend, Bob Saget. And, um, so it'll be a while, but he'll be back. And I love, I love Tom. And so I guess Tom sort of, um, Tom Bergeron, there's so many people named Tom in my life. Tom Bergeron inspired me to keep doing it. If that makes any sense. Um, what would my professional wrestling name be? (laughs) I don't know because fun fact, um, they have their names assigned to them, except for people who are like Mickey James or, uh, Chelsea green or like Trish Stratus. I mean, her name is a play on Trish. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It's like strategias or something. It's, it's Greek. So she just, you know, put a play on her name or like Stacy Kibler or Tori Wilson. They use their real names. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like um, I would name myself like, uh, tits McGee. No, <laughs> that was really an on the fly answer. Um, like maybe like Christina Quinn or something. Cause I just like those names. So yeah, those might be maybe, I don't know. I'm never going to be a professional wrestler. So <laughs> WWE or the Buccaneers, if you could only choose one and you can't say both. Okay. Well, here's the thing. If I really had to, I watched WWE mostly for, um, I mean, Baron Corbin, who is now happy Corbin or who in the real world is just my friend, Tom at this point. And that's really all I'm watching for. I mean, I do love some of the others, but, um, fun fact, Tom used to play in the NFL. So I would just put him on the bucks and I would quit watching wrestling. There you go. Problem solved. (laughs) Um, yeah. Okay. What would your name, what, what would you name your boat if you had one? Um, (laughs) I don't think I would ever have a boat because I don't, I don't think I'd be very good at driving one. Uh, but if I had a boat, I'd name it the SS Tom Brady and pray to God that it doesn't sink. Okay. Okay. I'm good with that. Is that a good answer? I don't know. What is something, what? No, I read this one already. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, Melanie, you are dense. So dense. Sorry about that. I'm dense. Um, what is the closest thing to real magic? Um, my grandpa. Um, my grandpa was magic in human form. He could make you believe that his humble home was a mansion, that his humble living room was gosh, anywhere you wanted it to be. Um, mostly Oz for much of my life. Um, 
he was magical. He was just everything magic. He was real magic and magic personified. And I actually have said um, when he, he died, um, when I went into his house, I remember walking in and feeling like someone had sucked all the magic out of it. So yeah, the closest thing to real magic is my grandpa and, and he's long gone, but um, the magic is still um, in me. <laughs> what would you what would be on the gag reel of your life? Oh my God. Probably every podcast. Um, <laughs> my life is a gag reel guys. Like, yeah, my life. I'm, uh, this was asked me once in acting class, you know, what was your most embarrassing moment? And I was like my whole life, because I I'm always doing things that are considered embarrassing to other people. So I guess my, you know, I have no problem going into Walmart, you know, putting a, um, kitchen, pot on my head and then grabbing a fishing pole and walking around. So I guess that stuff would be, it's embarrassing to everybody else. I just do it to make people laugh. I'm weird. What do you want me to tell you? It is what it is. What is the craziest thing one of your teachers has done? Um, <laughs> I never had any crazy teachers, but I did have a teacher who loved me so much. And like I said, I was a teacher's pet and, um, a friend of mine, Verona, both of us were very smart and we thought we both thought we knew everything, but really it was me who knew everything. <laughs> it was me who knew everything. And we were, I don't remember what it was, the subject was, but we were debating something in class and nobody was listening except me and her. And what we were doing was just yelling at each other. Uh, so my teacher, um, he put me in the hallway <laughs> and then he came back and got me out of the hallway and apologized and then stood me in front of the whole class and apologized <laughs> again. And he was like, everyone in here is not listening except for Melanie and Verona. And now I kicked Melanie out of the classroom and now I have to apologize to her. And I should really be kicking all of you out. Oh, actually, that's not the weirdest thing a teacher ever did. But I've said this before. I had a teacher who was talking to us about uh, you know, it was, uh, Troy, the city of Troy. And I put my hand up and I was like, I have a question. And he was like, well, what's your question? And I said, is it still there? Is the Trojan horse still there? And he's like, no. And I said, well, then how do you know it ever existed? And he didn't have an answer for my question. So he sent me to the fucking office. He sent me to the office. And then I was sitting in the office, like an, an idiot. And the principal comes out and he's like, what did you do? Cause I never did anything wrong. And I said, I asked a question and he didn't believe me at first. And then he called upstairs and then he came out in the hall into the little hallway where, you know, you sit when you wait, when you're in trouble. And he said, go back upstairs and don't ask any more questions. So I don't know. I, th I think that's weirder than kicking somebody in the hallway out of frustration. But I, I try to forget about that because I don't like to think that educators don't want to teach you when they don't know, it, when they don't know the answer to your question, they're not willing to admit that they don't know it because they want you to think that they know everything and without their textbooks they know nothing okay okay <laughs> what's something your brain tries to make you do and you will have to will yourself not to do it oh my gosh I'm an insomniac guys so every night my brain's like no you're not going to bed and I have to like put one of those sleep masks on and like force myself to sleep, take medication, try to force myself to sleep. Sometimes it works 99.9% .9 of the time it doesn't. And then I'm up all night having creative thoughts that are, some of them are brilliant, but when you're an insomniac, you think they're all brilliant. And then the next day you're like, Oh no, this is very still, very stupid. 
Um, if you could know the absolute in total truth to one question, what would you ask? Um, well, I'd ask if this Trojan, Tro- Trojan horse ever existed. No, I wouldn't. Um, problem is that the question that I would ask could probably never be answered. I would love to know for sure. I mean, I believe that, that yeah, the answer is yes, but I would love to know for sure that my grandfather approves of me choosing to become an actor and that he's proud of, of what I've done. And then he's excited for what I will do. Um, and maybe I think even more than that, I would like to know um, for sure that he knew that I loved him very much. Um, yeah. But I can't ask that question because he's um, he's gone. So um, what's another question that might maybe, um, are aliens real? Is Demi Lovato going to attack me now and tell me that I have to call them ETs? I don't know. I don't know. I, other than that other question, I honestly don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I'm get, I always get a little bit emotional when I talk about him, especially when it's, um, you know, coming close to the time that, that he passed away. Okay. What's the best advice you received last year? Oh, it's the same advice that I receive from this person every year. (laughs) And it's this. If I ask you if you're talented, you better say yes. When somebody else asks you if you're talented, your answer better be yes. And that advice comes from Brian Cranston, who's brilliant. And another piece of advice that he always gives me is, If you went into acting for money and fame, you should pick any other career. Luckily, that's not why I went into it. But that's the best advice that I've ever ever been given. Just to like, you know, believe in your confidence, but also make sure that you're doing what you're doing. You're doing for the right reason. Okay. What's your favorite Disney movie? Monsters, Inc. (laughs) I love Monsters, Inc. Um, Fun fact. I don't know if you know this. You probably didn't. Monsters, Inc. is actually a film about grief. Like the second part of Monsters, Inc. wasn't supposed to be Monsters University. It was supposed to be something very dark and scary. Well, it's not really scary, but it was terrifying to a child. Um, I love that film. The Sully and Boo relationship reminds me so much of my my grandpa and me. And especially at the end when he says, Kitty has to go now. And she just hugs him and she's just devastated. And I love the movie. Just the whole thing is just beautiful. It's, I think it's a more beautiful love story than than Titanic. And I'm sincere, like the notebook, all of that. None of that is as beautiful as, as Monsters, Inc. to me because Monsters, Inc. is this relationship where there doesn't have to be any, you know, there's no, doesn't have to be any sexual chemistry. There's no attraction. It's just a genuine love between a monster and a little girl. And he'll protect her with his life. And he teaches her in the end how to fight for herself when he's gone. And uh, sounds kind of like my life, except there was no monster, just a, just an old man. <laughs> what is the weirdest scar you have and how did you get it? Um, I don't know if it's weird, but I have a scar. I can't really see it that much on my knee that I got from, I was filming on, um, on Hollywood Boulevard and the director had this great idea that I should go walking um, in front of the Chinese theater, which for those of you who don't know, is all hands and uh, footprints. So it's all like kind of uneven and thought it would be a really good idea for me to go walk in there 
um, in my six, six inch heels. And I did, and I fucking twisted my ankle and I fell off my shoes. I wear high heel shoes all the time. It's just because the pavement was, um, just uneven and I fell and I scraped up my knee and it's, I, I still have pictures of it. It was bloody and disgusting. And he was like, Oh, well, and, you know, and I was like, Nope, we're going to keep going. And I just put the shoes on and I just kept going because I'm an actress and that's what we do. <laughs> What should be harder for you to give up coffee or alcohol? What if I told you I don't drink either? Um, I don't drink coffee because I'm super hyper naturally. And I've been asked by like directors and acting teachers to please not drink it after I drink it like once and I don't really like the taste. So I don't have to give it up and I don't really drink alcohol because I don't need it. I don't need it. It doesn't taste very good. I will say I do enjoy like, you know, champagne here and there, but I could quit it if I needed to. I could quit. I could quit it if I needed to. It's I don't have it consistently enough to need it. So um, it wouldn't be hard for me to give up either of them. It would be harder for me at this point to give up like coconut milk. <laughs> and I really love coconut milk. Okay. Um, if you were forced to open a bar, what you name it? I don't know. Like Mela's. I, I wouldn't open a bar, but if I whatever. Uh, what emotion do you experience the most? Um, honestly, grief. I, I experience grief on a, you know, almost daily basis because the grief that I have is complicated. Um, and complicated grief is a medical condition for which there is no cure or treatment. Um, it just happens when, um, someone dies unexpectedly or suddenly, or in a strange way, especially if you have me a child at the time of the death, so you never really fully grieve it. And that's what happened with me. I never fully grieved for my grandpa. I don't think I ever will. I'm talking about him an awful lot in this episode. Thanks a lot, you guys. Um, but yeah, I never, I, I, I'm terrible with grief. I don't, I mean, I live grief that hasn't even happened yet. I just, I hate the, the whole idea of death and dying. Like my mom is sick right now and she's like, I'm going to die. And I'm like, don't say that. Like, it's terrible. It's horrible feeling to hear somebody say, Oh, I don't feel well. I'm sick. I'm dying. Or like I'm in California. My mom calls me. She's like, I'm dying. No, like, stop. I, I really don't like death. So grief is, is something that I experience on a fairly ba- ba- uh, daily basis. And it's not fun, but sometimes there's a silver lining in grief because I'm reminded of how lucky I was to have someone so magical and special and just and have him be mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is my least favorite celebrity? Um, don't be fooled by the rock that she's got. She's still, she's still Jenny from the block, her Jennifer Lopez. Um, she stole my boyfriend, me and Ben, we were so in love and she stole him from me. No, that Ben part is a joke. I just don't like her. I know everybody else does. She's just my least favorite celebrity. I don't like her. I just don't. Okay. <laughs> I just don't. If you could redo one day in your life, what would it be and why? I don't think I would redo any day of my life because they all have been what they're supposed to be, whether they were good or bad. So let's not relive anything. Let's just be grateful for what was and excited for what is to come. How about that? Is that, a, is that do you like that answer? I hope you do. <laughs> okay. Do you remember your grandparents or great grandparents and what were they like? (laughs) Um, Yeah, um, I remember all of them. So my dad's parents 
my dad's grandparents were still alive and I remember them. They were kind of kooky and they were older. Um, my great grandfather used to play with like wrestling toys and like a wrestling microphone. And he was like obsessed with Paul Hogan and it was weird. Um, and me and my cousin were pretty sure that they were alive at the same time as the dinosaurs. So there's that. Um, my dad's uh, parents, my dad's father was an alcoholic who just kind of sat at the table and um, I don't have very, very many memories of him except for when he was in the hospital and uh, he subsequently died. And my dad's mom lived in the basement of my house. And that was kind of a nightmare too. But my mom's parents were exceptional people. Um, my, my grandma was like, she could make you a dress in five minutes or less. That looked like it was a million dollars. She was smart. She was beautiful. She was talented. She was strange like me and she was over the top. And that's, I, I'll never forget the day I went to school in a mini skirt and all the kids made fun of me and I ran home and I was crying. And my grandma said, Nope, you're going back. They're jealous. And I know my grandpa would have been like, it's okay. You can stay home. But no, she took me back. And um, that, that was a valuable lesson for me because now when people don't like things about me, I'm just like, well, you're jealous. <laughs> and my grandpa, like I said, personification of magic. Um, he wasn't just a grandpa, though. He was my dad. He played the role of my dad. He was a tin man, a scarecrow, a lion, Aladdin. I mean, anything I needed him to be, he was. And uh, I think he was my twin, my twin soul, twin flame, whatever you call it, that thing where you're not soulmates, but you're, you're the other half of each other that I, I, you, I could never forget him. I sort of trip on words when I talk about him because he's, he was just so special. Name a good friend. You've known the longest and how many years you've been friends. I, wow. So Bobby, who I mentioned in every podcast, because he's like my biggest freaking fan. Um, and I love him to death, um, is probably my oldest friend. I've known him since, I don't know how long it's been, but since like maybe 15, Bobby's not here. So I can't ask, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've known him a long, long time. And, and, and Jason, I've known them probably about the same amount of time and they're both super supportive people. Um, and I love them so much and I'm grateful to have them, uh, for sure. What movie or book character do you most identify with? Jenna Rink. I mean, <laughs> 13 going on 30, right? Jenna Rink. I'm such a Jenna Rink. Like, I don't want to ever be 30. That's weird. Um, and, you know, you know, the scene in the movie where the girl's like, I like your dress. And she's like, because I have these great boobs, isn't it? I mean, I had boobs since I was nine. So I've been Jenna Rink for a long time. Um, but yeah, probably Jenna Rink or like, Jenna Rink mixed with a little bit of Harley Quinn. And I don't know what that says about me. Last question. If you could act in any type of movie with any cast, what genre and what cast would it be? So for those of you who don't know, I'm actually writing a screenplay um, about my own life, um, my own childhood. With um, It's like a love story to my granddad. Um, and so, I mean, I don't think I can, I, don't, I can't really play myself anymore because I'm an adult, but I do plan on adding um, scenes where I'm like, after he's passed and I'm like, you know, a little bit older, like maybe 17, 18. So I would play myself there. And like, so the genre would just be like autobiographical, I guess. And um, my ideal cast is 
hundred percent John Goodman as my grandpa. I'm like maybe Helen Mirren as my grandma, and then maybe you know definitely Jen Garner, Jennifer Garner, my girl as my mom. Um, and you know I really don't know who I could cast as my dad because I mean you have to cast like Snape from Harry Potter because <laughs> he's a fucking terrible human just yeah and so many other you know like supporting roles and stuff I, I couldn't even I can't even imagine him well Lucas Hedges for sure would be in that you know Casey Affleck would probably maybe I could get Casey to play my dad he's not really a douchebag but he's a brilliant actor so I think maybe he could pull it off and like I don't know I'll probably throw some uh Johnny Depp in there I don't know as what but I, Mandy Patinkin um, you know, I, I Brian Cranston, I, I, they'd all be in there. Ideally, I just haven't figured out what their characters would be yet. But I do have this idea, um, because I know so many MKTO fans listen to my podcast now. I do have this idea to put Tony Aller in the movie. Um, just, I'm not going to say as what because it's a really good idea. And no, he's not going to play the jerk dad. Um, but I want Tony to start acting again. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put you in my movie and you're going to do it. And if he says, no, I'm just going to go drag him out of his house and he's going to do it. Um, and I would probably get Brad Dourif. There's so many, like, these are people that I'm friends with guys, like Brad Dourif, Brian Cranston. These are my friends. And I, I want to cast all of them. I would probably, you know what? I'm going to say it. I would cast Tom, AKA Aaron Corbin as my douchebag dad. And that it would be hilarious, but yeah, I would do that. I don't, I'm not, yeah, that was such a, that question's a question that I would really have to sit on and like go through a list of characters, um, to cast it that would, yeah, I haven't done that yet. I'm just, I'm not even totally done writing it, but I will be soon. I just don't want to write that ending, writing that ending where, you know, the man dies is fucking hard. So yeah, that's, I'd probably cast Tom Brady as something and he can't even act. Have you seen daddy's in that? Okay. No, I love you, Tom. Um, yeah. So that's my show <laughs> next week. More than likely I'm going to have a guest for you. Why am I singing? I should never do that. Um, and my guests are always great and fun. So if you've listened this far, then you know that I forgot fucking do it again. If you're listening to this on the host website, click out, please. And go listen to it on iTunes or, uh, you know, Spotify and leave like a review or a comment or something. And let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Let me know what you guys want to hear me talk about besides myself. Send me a tweet at a blonde who talks, a B L O N D E W H O T A L K S. And then I'll have more, like I'll have topics on topics on topics. Some weeks I can't come up with a topic. This week I had like six topics that I was thinking of doing. And then I was like, I don't like any of them. Let's do an ask me anything. This is like my third ask me anything, but whatever. I answered some of your questions. Maybe now um, you'll, your opinion of me has changed. Let me know if it has, by the way. <laughs> um, and that is pretty much all I have for you. Please, please, please check out my sponsors. Um, as you know, this show is unofficially sponsored by the TV 12 method. Tom Brady has no idea that he's sponsored every single episode. Check out his stuff. Check out his new clothing line, Brady brand. 
Um, also please check out my friend Baron Corbin, AKA just, you know, Tom check out his shop on Etsy. He's got like coffee and apparel and stuff. Um, it's called ignorant underscore gentleman, but it's, it's Etsy slap Etsy.com slash ignorant underscore gentlemen. I will post a link so that it's easier for you guys to find it. Um, check out my official sponsor, uh, Michael Salberg Family Wines, available everywhere in the US. And last but not least, this person does not pay me to promote them at all. I, I promise you, please go on the Instagram <laughs> and follow Tony Aller. So follow Aller, F O L L O W. I can't believe I almost forgot how to spell that F O L L O W O L L E R. And then also follow at we are M K T O W E A R E M K T O. And then you'll get these notifications every Wednesday and Sunday. He's going live on Twitch. So go on Twitch, twitch.tv slash we are M K T O. And every Wednesday and Thursday, he will live stream there and you will piss yourself laughing because I do. And if you can't make it to every, you know, stream, that's fine. Just make sure you tune in like every once in a while. And when you're there, say, hi, Mela. So I'll know you're there. And I'm like, hey, you. And if I don't know who you are, that's definitely what I'll say. (laughs) So thank you so much for tuning in to this little crazy show that I do, I'm going to play you out with some MKTO because, you know, I, why not? This song is called, how can I forget you? Because how can you forget me after this episode? Bye. You tried to play like it's tough, but you grew up by the beach. Said you hated the world, but somehow you like me. Could have looked at you all night long, all night long. Could have looked at you all night long, all night long. 